This is the Oceania Explorer Call for February 2021. And we'll just go and start with a quick round of introductions. So firstly, if this is your first time joining us for our IRA Explorer call in Australia and New Zealand, welcome. We're super glad to have you here with us this evening. My name is Emily Hill, and I'm IRA's Director of Customer Experience, which means that it is my pleasure to oversee our agent team and our customer care team. With me today, I have Graham Innes, and I'll let him introduce himself, and my my colleague Kaylee. And once Graham has introduced himself, I'll have Kaylee introduce herself to you as well. Thanks, Emily. Well, um, I'm Graham Innes. I think Nikki has done my introduction. I used to be the Disability Discrimination Commissioner. Um, I'm now a company director and, uh, and lawyer uh, consultant working in those areas. Um, I now live in Tweed Heads in northern New South Wales. Uh, and I'm an IRA uh, user and um, you know keen to share my experience and hear the experiences of other Australian users and um, so um, enjoying being part of this call. Thanks Graham and Kaylee would you like to introduce yourself as well? Hello everyone my name is Kaylee I am an agent manager. I manage the overnight team primarily so lots of our agents who speak with you all. Um, yeah happy to be here. Thanks, Kaylee. And I am particularly excited that Kaylee is here because she will be taking over for me as the voice on these monthly calls, not this month, not next month, but in the month following. Um, many of you know this already if you've joined one of these calls before, but I currently live just up north, oh, about half a globe or so in South Korea. And and moving back stateside here pretty soon. So Kaylee's going to take over as co-host and we're looking forward to that as well. But Graham and I were talking at the beginning that we have quite a packed agenda. So I'm going to give a quick overview so that you can start thinking on some of these different topics that we have to go over this evening. But we're going to start by introducing a brand new segment to our monthly Explorer calls. And this segment is called the IRA Active Zone. Dun, 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 more to come. After that, we're going to talk about our special IRA Active Zone topic, which this month will be focused on using IRA in the kitchen for cooking and kitchen related tasks. So at some point in a little bit here, I'm going to ask you to share a bit with everybody on the call about your favorite ways to use IRA in the kitchen. So start thinking up that way. And at the very end of today, we're going to conduct a challenge where we'll invite everyone over the course of this next month to, to complete a recipe with their IRA agent. So if somebody has a specific recipe that they're very excited about at the end of the call, well, I'm sorry, in about the middle of the call, um, I'll ask for some recipe suggestions and we'll get started with that as well. Then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, an event that should have happened in January, but did not. And then another main topic for today that I'd look, I'm looking forward to covering is how to ask for an agent's opinion. What you can do, why it is that we have set IRA up the way that we have, and what types of opinion-like questions do agents get asked often. And then lastly, I have a really important announcement that I'm so excited to share with you before we open the floor to any questions or conversation that everyone who has joined us this evening may be interested in. But to kick us off, Graham, I would love to hear about your holiday adventures. I know you went to go visit your family. Tell us, what did you do? And did you find any uses for IRA while you were there? Uh, well, yes and yes is my short answers, but... Um... Yes, I visited my, well, mainly my wife's family in Western Australia, Nikki, and I was, um, spent most of my time at a place called Dunsborough, which is further south than uh, Nikki is in Bunbury, um, but it's a beach uh, resort and we were staying in a uh, resort um, and we stayed in a couple of other places before we got there because of the um, coronavirus, we had to spend two weeks in Queensland before we could fly to Western Australia. So um, we did that and we stayed in a resort 
um, probably only three or four kilometres from our house, but we live right near the Queensland border. So um, we have timeshare and we stayed in a Worldmark resort there. Um, what I do in resorts whenever I get to um, a new resort uh, with IRA is that I um, get in touch with an IRA agent and get me to um, tell me about the view from my window or my balcony. And it's something I've done quite a bit when I'm traveling and I do travel a bit. Um, it's a really nice way to get to know the environment that's around. Um, I find it uh, pleasant to know more about my surroundings, but I also find it valuable because there are sometimes um, opportunities in the conversation where people are talking about um, things uh, at the resort that they can see, and I can then um, enter those conversations on an equal basis because um, I've had that description. And sometimes my wife tells me stuff about, uh, you know, what we can see from our window or our balcony, but I usually get a, um, a longer description from an IRA, IRA agent and um, pan around and, uh, uh, and do that. Um, and the other thing that I like to do when I'm on my holidays, because I enjoy walking and I have um, particular routes that I walk when um, I'm at home, but I know those routes. So I tend to just do that with my dog on my own. Um, but when I'm somewhere new, I uh, take an IRA agent along and uh, scope out a few sort of nice walks around the um, place that I'm staying. So um, I did that um, in Queensland and again in Western Australia. And we also stayed at my um, sister-in-law's house for a few days over Christmas. And I needed to do a lot of walking to walk off the Christmas lunch. So, um, uh, so I did that and used IRA in that way. So they're the two main things I think that um, are my IRA holiday standouts, but uh, had a great time, very relaxed time, but I've been back at work now for well, probably a month and we've moved into our new house. So uh, been a pretty busy time since the end of holidays. For sharing, Graham. Wow, that is a lot that you did these last two months or so since our last call. That's super fun. Does anybody else on the call want to share anything about their long holiday season and anything that you might have done with Ira to participate in the holiday adventures or get a little bit more of an overview of the area that you were visiting? If you would like to share with us, feel free to raise your hand, which you can do in the tab that Oh, I'm sorry, it's actually a button now that Zoom has updated. So there is a button and it says raise hand. I'll wait for just a couple seconds here. Hi, Arthur, I'm gonna go ahead and allow you to talk. And great, you should be able to unmute now and feel free to share with us a little bit about your holiday adventures. There we go, it should be unmuted now. Hi, Arthur, we can hear you great. Hey, yep, so I'm actually in the same house as Nikki. We have flatmates, we live in the same house together. How fun. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, my fun Ira thing that I did over the break was that um, we were staying at Nikki's parents' place and they just got a new Jack Russell puppy. Very cute. So uh, there was a moment where she wasn't running around like a mad thing and she was actually in a basket having a rest. So I managed to get a description of her from the Ira agent while she was resting. Oh, that is so fun. Thank you for sharing, Arthur. If I had my yeah. camera on, you'd all be able to tell that I my eyes just turned into little hearts. Uh, but of <laughs> course, my camera is off, so. <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought I will take this opportunity because, yeah, usually she was running around and just, yeah, being a puppy. Oh, yeah, sure that you can so imagine. <laughs> that sounds like a blast. Well, thank you so much, Arthur. That's awesome. Uh, Jennifer, I see that you raised your hand as well. Arthur, I'm going to go ahead and mute you so that we can allow Jennifer to Hi. share also. And Jennifer, you should be able to go ahead and unmute. Can you hear me oh, now? Hello. Yep. 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 yep, you're there, Jennifer. Great, excellent. Um, so I caught up with some friends that I hadn't seen for quite some time due to um, restrictions and things over Christmas break and there was one period, um, particular time we caught up and I just thought what a moment this is and we hadn't been we hadn't all been together so I got hold of an IRA agent and I asked them we got into different uh, photo um, 
photos and they asked the agent to take photos for me. Oh, so great. that was really, really a cool thing to be able to do and have them labelled and capture those memories there and then. That's That's that is an Jen. excellent use of IRA. Thank you so much mm. for sharing. Great. Well, thanks everyone. Love hearing your holiday stories. And just as a reminder, now that the holidays are over, this call is once again an actual monthly call. So we will be having our same time and same place next month on the 15th. So today I'm really excited to jump in and introduce you to a new regular segment that we will be hosting at all of our Explorer calls. But since this team here is actually the first Explorer call that we have in the month, you get first dibs on the secret knowledge. So this is a new program called the IRA Active Zone. Each month in the Explorer call, we're going to be featuring a different type of way that you can use IRA and it'll be followed up by a challenge. So here in the month of February, we're gonna be focused on health and nutrition and Ira in the kitchen. And what I really wanted to start by is talking about the different types of small kitchen appliances or gadgets or different types of things like that that we all have in our kitchens, hopefully not cluttering up counter space, but uh, in my case, I can certainly attest to that being true. And then we'll talk a little bit about how some of our other explorers are utilizing IRA in ways that you might not have thought about yet. And then, as I mentioned, there'll be a challenge at the end that's all very on theme for what that month is. So I mentioned this at the beginning of the call, but this month the challenge is going to be creating a special recipe with an IRA agent that you'll get to decide what you want that recipe to be. And then we'll ask you to take a picture of it um, with an agent or without, whichever is your preference, and tag IRA on your favorite social media with, of course, our special hashtag, hashtag on my terms. But let's talk about IRA in the kitchen. So Graham, I know you and I have talked about this in previous months. But um, some ways that I have seen explorers really use Ira well in their kitchen is in reading directions on specifically, like as an agent, I personally read a lot of frozen dinner directions with explorers. I think maybe it's because I work around dinner time usually, <laughs> but we do a lot of reading about how long does this need to go into the oven for? Do I do it with the plastic on or without the plastic or maybe just holes in the plastic? At what temperature do we cook it? We also, I have personally assisted explorers when they have accidentally dropped something in the kitchen that might be uncomfortable to step on, like a big green juicy grape, where you think that you've got all of those juicy grapes picked up from the floor, and if you don't have a pup, then of course they'll let you know if they find one, or they won't, and just sneak it. But grapes are always the worst if you accidentally step on one. But anything, you know, round and squishy, berries, grapes, everything like that, we've absolutely helped pick those up. They have a tendency to kind of roll off countertops and out of the refrigerator. But one thing that we really do a lot of is all of these new kitchen appliances seem to be no longer coming with tactile buttons. So everything just seems like it is all on one flat plane of glass. And then the buttons are printed on top of it. One really fancy kitchen appliance that it seems to me all of my friends have one right now that has this problem is the Instant Pot. So does anybody wanna share about a kitchen appliance that you love and have, but maybe have used an agent to apply tactile buttons to, or that you've called in to use the agent to get a description of what all the buttons do or to read the LED screen or anything similar to that vein of thinking? Um, Emily, you've sort of got me on my, um, my, my short suit um, to use a card playing expression. So, um, I, my wife is an expert cook and the way I explain it is that we've negotiated the duties at home. So I do a lot of the other stuff, washing up and washing and stuff like that. And she does the cooking. So um, I really don't cook much. So you're going to, um, the IRA challenge is going to be a real challenge for me because I will have to um, go and talk to her about, uh, about doing this. And she'll be very pleased for me to find a recipe and cook something, but it will be a bit of an unusual event. 
Um, so uh, I don't have any anything in mind in terms of the kitchen. I've certainly done um, what you said in terms of touch screens on devices. Um, and when I was setting up my um, stereo equipment in our new house, I certainly um, spoke to an IRA agent about um, how to reset a few of the devices. But uh, the kitchen is a bit of a, uh, a zone that I don't um, venture into much. Well, that sounds like a really good separation of duties to me. It seems like a really good deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great deal, but I'm going to have to now, um, you know, do, do the challenge. So um, that'll that'll uh, that'll make me do something in there. Well, I was trying to think of what some other cool kitchen gadgets are that I have personally either experienced myself or through the lens of the IRA camera. And Kaylee, if you think of any others, please feel free to share as well. But yesterday, no, two days ago now, I was at a friend's house and they had just gotten a new blender. And this blender, super high profile, um, able to do all kinds of crazy different things. But the only indicator of what the blender was set to, they had a little knob and then each of the different settings on the knob area was an LED screen showing what it was technically supposed to puree something to that specific amount, right? Wow. So for example, I was using a smoothie button, but they, my friend uses the salsa button pretty often. So different kinds of consistency in the blending. And once you have it set to the right setting, then it changes the blending speed, the amount of pulsing that it does. And also there has an LED timer countdown, which was super handy because the blender was so loud. <laughs> and so I found myself standing right there next to it, watching the counter pop down, thinking, oh my goodness, when is this going to end? It is so loud. But that was another one that I personally ran into recently. I see two people have raised their hands. So Arthur, we're going to start with you. Feel free to unmute and share what kinds of appliances you have also run into like this. So um, not currently, but I am thinking about getting in the near future an air fryer. So I will probably need some help to either label that or, uh, you know, just get a description of that because obviously a new device and oh, yeah, some of them can be touchscreen, but we have seen a few that are still very much knob based. So that would be rather nice if that can be found. And yeah, uh, Arthur, also that's a good point. you know, that's something that we do yeah. with the explorers pretty often is research different brands of mm. small kitchen appliances in particular. Um, I've done this with microwaves with a lot of people looking for something yep. that probably either has those tactile buttons or the knob, or maybe somebody's left a review about the audible tone as you transition settings. So that is something that agents would be happy to help with. Yeah, it's good to know as well. And yeah, uh, we've got a microwave that's I think 20 something years old, 23 years old. I want to say it's an an old Panasonic microwave and still going strong. So uh, I hope that doesn't die. Because again, yeah, we'd have to find a new microwave. And, <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, keep my fingers on crossed the, for you guys. On the current microwave, I'll actually show you if you can see it. We've got, it's all been braille labeled. So yeah, all the buttons were labeled uh, several years ago now, but yeah, that's how that works. Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's a really useful. handy way to do it too. Awesome. Well, thank you, Arthur. And Nikki has also raised her hand. So I'm going to go ahead and ask Nikki to unmute and we'll hear from the other side of the house too. Yeah, you'll hear from the same house. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got a neutral bullet here, but they're so easy to use. Like they're probably the most easy friendly blender to use for a blind person because they've literally only got one setting. You know, you've got your little cup and you put all your stuff in, you put the blade thing on top, which becomes its lid, turn it upside down, put it onto the base and then, yeah, it just does its thing. It's not complicated like the one you described, Emily. I find that very confusing. So, yeah. It was kind of fun that it was at my friend's house. I was like, this is fun to use at your house, but I'm glad it's not at yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That sounds a lot more complicated than it has to be. 
Agreed. Great. Well, thanks so much, Nikki. Um, awesome. Well, I think that we're all kind of on the same page here of different types of appliances that are very in fashion, but might need a little bit of additional help to get started and to get using. But one other thing that I wanted to be sure we covered was finding different types of recipes with your IRA agents. So I know a lot of us right now have various types of specialized diets that we're using, whether it may be perhaps you're diabetic and so you're looking for a low sodium diet, or maybe you've heard all about the uh, fancy Whole30 diet and looking to go through that process, or maybe even curious about learning more of all of the different types of new, interesting fad diets on the market right now. Whatever it might be, the agents are always happy to do a little bit of research with you. That is something that I have heard from explorers they really enjoy doing with an agent because an agent isn't going to ask you why you're curious about that, right? You call in and you say, hey, Agent Emily, uh, I wanna learn more about the keto diet. Who does it seem to work for? Or what can you tell me about how this thing works or how it goes together? The agent isn't going to say, oh, well, you know, I had a terrible experience with that, unless of course you ask. But they would be happy to do some digging, sort through all of those websites that seem to come with endless amounts of advertisements and actually find the information that you are seeking and looking for. Same thing with the recipes. I personally, every time I look up a different recipe online, find myself having to sort through an entire blog post, two video pop-up ads, and something else that's like flashing across the screen trying to get my attention before I can get down to the actual recipe for usually cornbread or something like that, that I'm looking for <laughs> something easy that I should know the recipe for now, but I always find myself having to look it up. So is there anything that anyone on the call tonight has done to use an agent in that way? Maybe sorting through information online that would be difficult to do using the screen reader? Oh, Jennifer, you're in shot up. <laughs> Graham, you said you that go, Jennifer. You go, Jennifer. Also. Hello? Oh, yep. I was just going to um, say, yeah, you okay. go, Jennifer. I was just making sure I was unmuted. Yes, yep, and it's funny, right. I actually ordered some food, ordered something to try um, around talking about food and eating and things at different, um, just something to experiment with. And I was, it was so much, I could pick the food, it was okay, but when it came to the screens around um, validating addresses, that drives me mad sometimes, as in delivery addresses. So, um, and yeah, and just making sure it was all correct what I put in there and it was a lot quicker and faster with an aura agent over Team Viewer. It was just made it better. And there was a couple of things I actually missed. I didn't know I needed to do a couple of fields. I just missed them. So just, and just checking my order anyway to make sure that what I thought I'd ordered was actually there. And it was really just made it much easier and a lot more efficient. And it all turned up um a very short time later, about 20, uh, like um, some, it was like a groceries, food, kitchen order that um, turned up today. So it all came as it should. So it just made the experience much easier. Great. Thanks for sharing, Jennifer. I was just going to say, uh, Emily, that I, I haven't done that so much with food, but I've definitely used Ira that way to order other things where, there's a complicated or a messy website, um, lots of stuff going on, popping up, and I'll get the IRA agent to log on for me and, um, you know, go and order what I'm looking for. In fact, I need to do it um, for the American Printing House for the Blind because there's a book that I want uh, in Braille, and I know they've got it, but I just need to get on and order it. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Graham. Um, sometimes it is those online forms that are just so much easier to pop in with an agent and get it accomplished faster. That way you don't have to yeah. like sit there and sort through everything. Yeah. So awesome. Well, thanks everybody for sharing. It's great to hear a little bit about your experiences with Ira in the kitchen. And I would love to challenge you to 
use your IRA agent to create a recipe here this next month between our Explorer calls, but I would love for you actually to pick the recipe. So there's only a couple of us on the phone tonight, which means it hopefully is a little bit easier, but if you have a suggestion, feel free to send it in the chat or go ahead and raise your hand and I would love to hear what your suggestion is and then we can do a quick little mini vote on what everybody would like to try out this month. Um, I think I'd like to try a vegetarian curry recipe. Oh, that sounds good. I love curry and I like vegetarian curry. So I think I'd like to try that. Awesome. Any other suggestions? I know I've caught you all right about dinner time, huh? So either you've like just <laughs> finished eating or you're thinking about eating one of the two. <laughs> I should have warned everybody before we jumped in on a food topic. <laughs> Jennifer, I see your hand, but I'm not sure if it is a fresh hand or if it is from previously. Oh, that's why I had trouble trying to raise it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. That was it was my up. fault. I forgot to put it down. It was already actually. up. Um, I'll remember next time too. I thought maybe some sort of soup that I haven't done before, like a maybe a chick, maybe a, a chicken to top with fresh veggie soup or something like that. Something, something where you can be a bit creative and put what you want in it. It's not too rigid. So like a vegetable and um, maybe a veg, vegetable um, soup with a combination bit of uh, meat in it or. Um, chicken in it probably something like that but just mucking around with different veggies just where you can pick the ones you like it doesn't have to be a specific set of vegetables in it for example if you know what I mean absolutely I'm sensing a theme here so far kind of soupy kind of vegetarian e totally not a word but we're gonna roll with it so <laughs> let's see what Arthur has to say also and maybe we're all in, in agreement already thanks Jennifer well uh that, that soup does sound really good. Yeah, chicken soup. Chicken soup is always good. Um, and curry, I love curry too. But my thought was um, something a bit unusual here for Australia, but pumpkin pie, because uh, I got to try one uh, a couple of Christmases ago. Uh, Nikki's mum actually made it for us. And I was like, okay, I've got to try this because, you know, I've kept hearing about pumpkin pie. And here in Australia, for those who don't know, we don't serve pumpkin pie. Uh, as a dessert, we serve it as a vegetable. No, we eat it roast. in the main course. We do. We have it as a roast veggie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I tried. I tried pumpkin pie, and I loved it. So I'm like, yeah, that would could be a fun one to do. Yeah, excellent. Well, thanks, Arthur. It sounds to me like if we kind of categorize this as one vegetarian meal, whatever it is that means for you. For Arthur, it might be pumpkin pie. For Graham, it might be veggie curry. Jennifer might be kind of in the middle with maybe a vegetable pumpkin soup. But whatever it is, your challenge for this month is to make one vegetarian meal with or without using your IRA agent in any step of the process, take a picture of it, post it to your favorite social media and tag us in it. And I don't, and then I don't have a prize for you this month, but what I can promise you is whatever it is that that social media platform you pick, Ira will reshare it. So we'll do that. Any questions for me on the challenge of the month? It's just at Ira, isn't it? At A-I-R-A. It depends on what your favorite social platform is. Oh, of course, of course. Yes, yeah, I'm thinking so of Twitter. Twitter is... Ira Io, I think. Oh, Ira Io, okay. Yep. I'm sorry, Jennifer, I interrupted you. That's all right. So Twitter is at Ira Io and Facebook. Let's see, I need like some theme music or something to play while I'm looking this up real fast. <laughs> we'll have to just imagine it. Um, Facebook is just Ira, so at Ira. And then Instagram is also Ira Io. So those are, you can oh, almost okay. always find us by Ira Io. We always pop up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to humiliate myself here and say, I don't know how to do the tagging. I've never done it. Okay. Jennifer, what very type stupid. of social platform do you use? Don't I was thinking stupid. of either Instagram. Well, I could probably use any of them, but I'm, I hadn't, I'd forgotten about Instagram. I've got that too. I would have thought probably um, Twitter or, or Instagram. 
you know what? <laughs> I think I skipped part of the announcement and just assumed that y'all already knew that we are live on Instagram again. So surprise, we are <laughs> live on Instagram again for the first time in two full years. You guys, it has been a long time, but in the last month or so since we have not met, Ira has relaunched our Instagram account. So if you are an Insta user like Jennifer, then please find us. We're at Ira.io and um, we're posting on our Instagram pretty regularly. So if you find us there, then we'll be happy to help. But Jennifer, as you are posting a picture to your Instagram timeline, then post the picture. And then there's two different ways that you can tag us. One Probably the easiest way is as you're posting the picture, there is a button about, it's on the last screen and it says tag people. And if you click into the tag people section and then tap on the photo anywhere, it doesn't really matter where you tap if it's a picture of a, um, of a meal. But if you were wanting to tag a particular person, you'd want to tap kind of like about where their face was usually. And then just type in at Ira.io and it should populate pretty quickly right there. Oh, it's that easy. Okay, I'll do, I'll do that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> no. Great. Any other questions well, about our monthly challenge? Yeah, Graham. I think I'll stick with Twitter because that's I'm, I've got um, a lot of followers on Twitter, so I don't think I'll venture onto Instagram. But um, I know Ira regularly tweets on Twitter because I've retweeted Ira quite a few times. Yeah, we, we do like the Twitter. It's a good way, especially yeah. to uh, talk with everybody no matter where they are at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will also add that this is an open challenge. So if any of your friends on any of your social platforms are like, hey, is this like a thing you're doing with Ira? Just feel free to tell them, yeah, you should do it too. Make a vegetarian yeah. meal and tag Ira. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, not exclusive at all. Totally, totally open. I see somebody just pop their hand up. Arthur, was that you? No, it was me. Um, yeah, our, our, our friend Bianca, she loves cooking. I think I'll give this challenge to her rather than me. <laughs> awesome. Love it. <laughs> Outsourcing in the best way. Great. Well, thanks, everybody. Um, since I just started into the exciting announcement section, I'm going to launch into my next exciting announcement, and then we can circle back to the rest of the topics. So exciting announcement number one, Ira has relaunched Instagram. We heart Insta. If you also heart Insta, please join us on that platform. If you are not an Insta lover, totally get it. No need to uh, join us there, but happy to have you if you're already on the platform. But my Australia, New Zealand friends, have I got the biggest update for you tonight. So I know that our customer care team can occasionally be hard to get a hold of because their hours are in California time. Well, what we have launched this week, and you are the absolute first people to know about this, is the ability to text message our customer care team. So I'm super excited, still in the process of getting an Australia slash New Zealand phone number for you to send that text message to, but it is a two-way texting option. So what this means is now you can always call our customer care team still, you can always email our customer care team, but if you're on the go and want to just send messages rather than calling or emailing, then you'll be able to contact our customer care team through text message and they can respond and you can have a conversation together on that text message thread. It will be a static phone number, so you can save it as Ira text number or however it is that you save contacts in your phone. And the team is able to engage you via text as well. So for example, if you call in and ask about your friend who you referred, but you're not sure if they have signed up for the service yet, and then you're about to enter a tunnel on the metro, but you want to make sure that you get the info in case they split up, that in case the signal goes out, excuse me, 
And then you can have the customer care team send you a text message and you'll be able to still get that as well. So I'm super, super excited about it. Um, phone number to come should have more info here in the next couple of days, but it is already live. And so we're in kind of a soft launch period right now. And then here pretty soon we'll be announcing the, the phone numbers and everybody else will know about it too. But very excited. The hours of customer care are still the same. So they will respond to any text messages that you send while customer care is closed the next morning when they reopen. But it is a really fast and easy, convenient way to send off a message when you're just thinking about it rather than having to think through calling or emailing or anything like that. Any questions for me on texting customer care? Um, Emily, while others are putting up their hand, I might just say that is that is good news. Um, and I actually had a question I was going to ask customer care. So I might ask you and, and, and you can either answer it or, or tell me um, that I should text it to customer care when the phone number comes out, um, which is the last few times I've wanted to use Uber, I've had to reinstate the um, Uber service on my IRA app. So there seems to be a regular thing where when you don't use Uber for a few days or a few weeks or whatever, um, that it's not available. Um, and it's just caught me a couple of times where uh, I wasn't aware of it until I went to use Uber and I was already on the call to the agent. Uh, and the agent said, oh, your, your account's um, not there, so you're going to have to hang up and reinstate it. And I wondered if um, Ira and Uber were having a conversation about that because it's a bit inconvenient when it happens to you when you're on the go, as it were. Yeah, Graham, you are about to get more of an answer for this than you bargained for. <laughs> so number one, I'm very glad that you asked because it is a good opportunity to talk about something unfortunate that's happening right now. But the specific answer to your question is that Uber's security parameters require any third-party service that is acting as a go-between to re-authenticate every 30 days your ability, your agreement essentially to allow this third-party service to use Uber. So unfortunately there's nothing that we can do on that front to change that. And double unfortunately, it's super broken right now. So if anyone else has tried to use this service lately, then you've probably, the next time that you went in to do that authentication process in your IRA app, you've likely run into an error code that says something about being outside parameters. Unfortunately, Uber has over the last few years really tried to restrict third-party services from being able to use their platform, which makes a lot of sense if you're Uber and is super unhelpful if you are anyone yeah. other than Uber. So we're trying to talk with our friends at Uber right now about opportunities to get around this and maybe get a special exception made, but I have a temporary solution for you. So if you are wanting to use Uber and Ira at the same time, an option right now is to ask the IRA agents to log into your Uber account on the computer. And so you can be on the go, the agent can pull up a tab on their computer, log into your Uber account. And doing it that way, we actually have, once again, full functionality that we haven't had with the Uber app in a number of years. So even if you've already called an Uber, and then call into an IRA agent, going through the computer will allow me to see that Uber's approach to you. And I can then call an Uber on your behalf if you haven't yet called one. So I know it's not quite as easy as doing it through the more tab on the Uber app, but it is proving to be a lot more reliable. So I would encourage if anybody is an Uber user, Graham, I know you are, I think, um, Jennifer, I think that you've said in the past that you use Uber too. So that is my best recommendation for now. And we'll keep everybody posted, but it's not looking rosy on that look. Yeah. But at least it's good to know that there's an issue. So um, you can plan a bit. So you can, mm -hmm. you can either um, yeah, take the course that you said or, or check the authentication, you know, 15 minutes before you're about to leave or something and um, 
So at least you don't get, I got caught in a noisy place where it was hard for me to, um, uh, to re-authenticate the, the, the app. Mm-hmm. So that, that's really helpful to have that explanation. Yeah, and I wish it were different. Um, the Lyft app still seems to be allowing the integration to go through no problem. What I don't know is how long that will continue. Uber and Lyft seem in the past couple of years, they've always been kind of hand in hand. So one will make a change and then the next one will follow. So at this yeah. time, Lyft is still working as expected. Um, and also I will say that the agent's ability to do it through the computer is super fast and easy. So I know okay, that when I say it out loud, it kind of sounds like, oh gosh, one extra step. But in reality, like it's super fast, it's super easy. Um, the only thing that it will do is when the agent logs in, then they're going to need your phone number or your email address, whichever it is that you use to log into the Uber app. For most people, it's their phone number. Uber will send you a text message saying, hey, did you just try to log into your Uber account? you'll need to give the verification code that it sends to the agent. Once you do that, the agent is able to get logged in. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, of course you'll need your password too. So uh, your phone number, your password, and then Uber will send that verification text message. Then the agent will be able to log in and do anything it is on your Uber account that you are seeking to have them do. One benefit is that it's actually, I've had explorers ask in the past if I can update their billing information with Uber using the integration on the IRA app. And I was never able to do that. But doing it through the computer, I actually have full functionality of your app. So I can update billing info. Um, We should be able to call rides of any type. In the past, we've also had issues with the Uber integration, not allowing us to do things like call a shared ride. I know in the age Mm. of COVID, nobody's really sharing rides anyways. But in a future state, maybe we'll all be back to doing like real ride share ride shares. And we should be able to call that no problem as well. So pros and cons, I think the pros are going to end up outweighing the cons, but I do want to make sure everybody knows about it. Well, thanks, Emily. I'm glad I asked the question. It's good to have that information. Yeah, I'm glad you did too. Although I told you, you're going to get more answer than you bargained for. Uh, Yeah, and you're right. Great. Well, Nikki, I see that you popped your hand up as well. So feel free to unmute. Um, Yeah, the Uber thing, Graham brought up a very good thing. The other day, I couldn't authenticate at all. It said something about scopes, I seem to remember, and just an OK button, like it was outside scopes or something. And so I asked half my other Ira blind friends, are you guys having the same trouble? And everyone came back with, yep. And I'm like, okay, yeah. it's not just me then. No, it's been <laughs> a problem trying... for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I didn't know that they could log in on my behalf. That That's good to know. I might do that. Because yeah, I didn't we don't know. use Uber here, but we do use it when we're in the capital city. We do use it in Perth a lot because it's easier mm. to get around with them. So, yeah. And they turn yeah, up like, a lot quicker than cabs do, sadly. Cabs have seemed to have slowed down. <clears throat> and you know along. when they're coming, that's the great thing. You, you, you yeah. can get the agent to look at the app and, yeah, it's really exactly. good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, no. Well, I would encourage the next time that you're in a mood to use Uber, feel free to test it out, especially if it's a, like, low-stress situation where you feel like you have a little bit more time to kind of do something for yeah. the first time. But I promise... Yeah. It is super easy in real life. I know talking out loud about it, you're like, oh gosh, but it, I think you'll be impressed with how much functionality we're able to do. And how- I've even done it through the normal app and haven't had, an, it, the only time I've ever had an issue was when an Uber didn't look for me properly and I was a bit peeved mm-hmm. and I could have used Ira at that point, but that was when it, I realized it had broken down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's when I use the IRA agent, particularly if it's noisy, Nikki, because it's really good to yeah. have the camera pointing out and get them to um, to watch out See, for yeah. the for the car arriving. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. It was just a very tricky situation. Like normally, I'm not in those sorts of tricky situations. Normally, I'm at someone's mm. place and can hear them coming. But yeah, <laughs> it was just this one particular time. Yeah, and that's when it happens. One out of a million. Yeah, yep. it does. Yeah. Always what I needed the most, right? Great. Well, thanks, Nikki. Um, Any other questions on Uber or anything else we talked about so far? 
No? Good to go? Okay. Well, one other thing that I wanted to talk to everybody about today is how to ask an agent's opinion about something. So this is something that I've been talking with explorers about pretty often lately. And to start with, I wanted to build a little bit of context about why agents always default to not providing their opinion, but instead to providing objective information. And in truth, it's because they want to be able to give you the information that is available so that you can make your own opinions. That way you're not feeling like, oh, this IRA agent is always just trying to tell me what to do, but rather you're feeling like, oh, this IRA agent is giving me all of the details about whatever it is that I'm interested in. And then I'm able to make the decision about what to do, what to wear, where to go, how to get my hair cut, whatever it ends up being, right? So I know that sometimes it can feel a little bit like jumping through hoops and that's not at all what I want it to feel like. If you do really want the agent's opinion, then please feel free to ask and the agent will provide the opinion. If it's something that is difficult to have an opinion about, then they may end up doing something to get you more information. So something that might fall into this category is, for example, what types of clothes look good together, right? It's something that feels like should just be an easy answer. Like, well, Emily, would you wear this? And my response might be, well, I don't wear yellow because it makes me look green in color. And so I would never wear said yellow top and red pants, right? Or whatever it is that you're trying to put together. But what I can do is look up pictures of other people wearing yellow and seeing what kinds of clothing other people put with that. Or I might ask you a little bit about what your personal comfort level is in wearing bright colors or lots of colors or lots of patterns. Sometimes it even comes down to like, well, are you wanting people to pay attention to you or are you wanting people to not really notice you, right? Sometimes if you're putting outfits together, that is something that may be in a consideration. So always please feel free to ask the IRA agent for their opinion. It is not ever something that we default to. The agent's default should always be just objective information. So if you call in and you say, hey, do these things look good together? I may start with, well, this is like these colors don't normally get worn together or these colors kind of contrast or maybe they're close in shade, but like too close, or I might ask you a little bit about what kind of look you're wanting to go for, but I might not just jump directly to, no, I don't think so. You shouldn't wear that, right? Because of course that isn't a response that you should get from my agent. So just one of those things where I've been hearing from a, a few people lately, like they're not quite sure how to ask. And so I wanted to open the floor and see if this is something that you've had difficulty with. Maybe we can talk through how to ask or what to ask about or what kinds of things you could expect an agent to provide an opinion on versus what you cannot. So Nikki, I saw you raised your hand. Feel free to unmute and ask your question. Um, I use Ira all the time for this. <laughs> Believe it or not, you guys have become super helpful with clothes stuff because normally I used to have to remember what went with what, right? So I now can ring up an IRA agent and go, do these jeans go with these, this shirt or that, you know, this dress goes with that shoes or, or, or whatever? And I tend to get their opinion that way, exactly that way. So, you know, does that match with that? And sometimes I'll actually show them what I look like, so what my skin tone is, so that matches up as well with what I'm choosing to wear. So, yeah, yeah the whole awesome. asking for an opinion definitely works that way for me at least. Mm -hmm. And for most of the agents, as you ask, like, hey, Emily, I'm looking for your opinion on does this look good together? Now I have yeah, a little exactly. bit of context about what you want from me, right? So then I can do yeah. what I can to fill that context. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That, that's what I tend to ask, you know, does that shirt go with those pants or does, you know, or doesn't it? Or, you know, have I got the right pair out for that outfit? Or just, just simple questions like that helps the agent form the opinion that I need from them on the other end. 
Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Agreed. So, yeah. Yeah, another example might be one thing that we get asked pretty often is, well, I guess maybe less so now. Um, COVID has changed so many things, y'all. But one of the things we used to get asked pretty often is, hey, is is he handsome? Is she beautiful, right? Well, now we're getting into a little bit of a risky territory, aren't we? The question pops up, like, who is this person to you? What kind of description are you looking for? from them, am I, is this a person that you are trying to give a demonstration of the IRA service to? Is it a friend that you want to become an IRA explorer so you can get that referral bonus? Like all of that kind of context might change what it is that I then describe in response. So sometimes it even comes down to what kind of context you can provide to the agent while asking their opinion or their choice. Graham, is that something that you have experienced? Oh, no, I was agreeing. I mean, I, I think that's right. It's um, important to give the agent that context. And, you, and, and conversely, I think you'll get a better result in terms of the information the agent provides if you give them that context. So it's a win-win. Yeah, that's a good point. So Arthur, I saw your hand pop up as well. Would you like to come off mute and tell us what you've experienced? Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, way of doing things sounds really good. For instance, you know, if I've got an outfit on and I'm going to a restaurant, I could say, well, what is the typical, you know, you might be able to look up that restaurant and say, well, what's the typical attire that they want, you know? Is there yeah, a certain right. dress code that's that often they have? something yeah. you can find online. It's like the dress yeah. code for a particular yep. website. Yep. I'm sorry, for a particular restaurant. Yeah. But again, uh, not in the age of COVID as much, but hopefully soon mm. in our uh, kitchen table restaurants that we all go to. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks Arthur. And Jennifer, how about you? Um, I haven't done it a lot, but when I have done, I've thought I'm going to be trying to be absolutely, absolutely as specific as possible about what I'm looking for, which is pretty much what you've just said. But um as in, I was just trying to think of an immediate example, but um, it might be, are these, um, are these two, are these pants and top, um, are they really close shades of colours? And I might show them the face and say, well, um, is it too close a shade? Or as you said, drill down into it, it might be something else. And things like about looking handsome and that, that's completely um, subjective. (laughs) I don't know how you could even, you'd have to describe what, know what someone's looking for as far as features or dark hair or who knows what. So that would be a really (laughs) challenging one to do, I think. (laughs) That'd be really challenging. But um, it's a fascinating topic. And um, in fact, I was speaking to someone the other day who said that they were, had this sort of um, opinion versus not uh, decision-making when they were trying to put a PowerPoint presentation together and they did it for the first time. And so what happened was the person put all the content together, did what they could as far as formatting, then she said, um, got got an agent and said, I need to check um, it. One was what is aligned where I wanted to check the alignment. But then there were things about needing to make decisions about font sizes and font appearance to see whether it actually looked good. And she said, I really do need an opinion because I've never seen, um, so I really don't know what looks good on this PowerPoint. And this is as in as far as colour contrast and things like that. So she, when she was specific, she got what she needed. And I thought it was really fascinating. And I actually thought for a long time that asking for any opinion was actually not allowed. So I'm so glad we're talking about this now. Oh, good. I'm glad we're talking about it also. Yeah, and it just comes down to, like, it's, it's one of those things where we kind of is, have yeah. gotten better at doing this as IRA over time. And I'm sure it will continue to change and adapt. But what I don't want is for you to feel like as an explorer that you need to explain yourself to the agent, right? Like that's not what I want. I want you to be able to call about whatever it is that you want to do without needing to like give the whole history. Like you would have to sometimes if it's somebody on the street, who's like assisting across an intersection, right. Asking all the questions. Nope. Mm. Can totally skip over that part. 
But where we want to get to is that you know that the agent's information that they're providing first is always objective, is always specific, is always accurate. And then if you need more, then knowing what you want out of that call, that context that you can provide to the agent, that's where it really gets into kind of the beauty of Ira and also the messy middle, right? Like sometimes maybe you don't know the right question to ask and that's okay. Mm. Maybe the agent can kind of fill in some of those blanks. PowerPoints is a good example of that, Jennifer. For example, me as an agent, I do a lot of work with um, people writing resumes and I kind of have a checklist in my head, right? Of like what we go through with the resume, but I might have to ask you some questions about, well, did you want the headings to be the same size or color or format or text or whatever it is that the resume is set up as? Because sometimes you did mean that and sometimes you didn't. And it's not my role to tell you, well, it doesn't look good, but. Mm. Yeah. And I've done the same with formatting documents. I've needed to submit to Mm -hmm. Stanley or to other people. And it's, that's really been incredibly thorough. It's been a really good experience for those reasons. I'm glad to hear that. Well, thanks, Jennifer. Um, Nikki, I saw your hand come up also, if you'd like to come off mute. Um, I had a classic example of the describe something thing. So um, I was doing an IRA demo for my local LAC or, or LAC, as they call them, NDIS stuff proving that I needed Ira, right? So I ring up Ira and I got them to read the piece of paper, you know, the obligatory piece of paper in front of you. And then I said to the Ira agent, can you describe to me what my LAC looks like? And they did. And then I turned up this year to get my NDIS plan. And the first thing my LAC says to me is, oh, I changed my hair colour now. I'm different (laughs) colour now. I'm black rather than blonde because she remembered the IRA agent describing her back to me, which was just really good. You know? Oh, Nikki, right. that's so fun. <laughs> yeah. So they had the whole context correct and everything because I explained who she was and why she was there with me and all that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff to the to the agent. So, yeah. So that's great. she remembered IRA and she said, I'm guessing that's one of the first things you want in your plan this year. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, that was good. Awesome. Thanks, Nikki. Um, Well, Arthur, I saw your hand also. I'll go ahead and let you unmute. There we go. So uh, I was going to raise a couple of points. So the first one is uh, this is sort of, you know, context as well. Not Maybe not necessarily opinion, but I was um, resetting levels on my uh, audio mixer I'm a bit of a hobbyist musician. I've got a 16-channel mixer and all the, you know, fancy things that go with that. So I was having, uh, I wanted to make sure all my levels were, you know, back at the uh, midpoint. And so I actually got an agent who happened to know about mixers. So that actually proved rather useful uh, in terms of the context. So uh, that was a good thing. Yeah, that's always so fun when those uh, the yeah. era magic happens, right? And it's like, I, you know, of course I didn't realize, but as soon as, you know, I said I'm resetting the uh, audio levels, I'm like, oh, yep, I know what you're looking for. You're looking for this. Like, yes, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I just couldn't think of the what words I was looking for to describe what I needed. But yes, he knew. So that always helped. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Great. Well, everyone, thank you so much for your time this evening and your input. I really enjoyed hearing more about your experiences as an explorer. Um, I do want to be respectful of your time. I know we've only got about a minute left, so I will say one quick apology. Uh, I know that we had promised before we went on holiday for our Explorer calls that Ira was going to host a event with the New Year's Eve fireworks over at the Sydney Harbor. And unfortunately that didn't end up happening because the individual who was going to be hosting was sick. So I just wanted to take a moment and apologize. I know that, um, that it kind of was a a last minute change of plans. that was not 
communicated very well because of course no one ever expects to be sick. It just is one of those things that happens. So next year, I'm hoping we can do a little bit more pre-planning and um, hopefully we get a second round at sharing that fireworks spectacular. So we'll put that one on the back burner for another year or so. But other than that, last update is that we will be back right here, same time, same place next month on pulling up my calendar. I know I don't have a fancy Braille calendar like Janine has. I'm sure you've all heard her Braille calendar song. Uh, but March 15th at 7 p.m. city time. We'll be right cool. here again. So that's all I had for I you was... this evening. Graham, do you have anything else to add? No, no, that's great, Emily. Um, it's good that you clarified that because there was a bit of chat about the fireworks on the, um, the vision impaired persons list. Uh, so I might just send a note out and uh, let people know that. Um, and yeah, look forward to talking on the 15th. And sorry, we didn't get to hear much from you um, tonight, Keely, but um, uh, we probably will next month. Looking forward to it, Graham. Yeah. Great. Well, explorers, I have loved this opportunity to talk a little bit. So I'll go ahead and say goodbye for now, but see you all this time next month.